0: God is good to me. He's good to you. Yes, yes. Hallelujah! Such a sweet presence in this place, where two or three are gathered. There He is in the midst of us. Thank you, Father. Heritage of Faith. It's we're all about why we exist. As there's, there's hurting people outside these walls, Lord told Miss Carolyn, "Let's love them for Him." Amen. What what, what we're called to do is make winners in life. How we do that is. Experience with God. Equipping people with the word and then engaging them to influence the world around them. It's not just coming to a coming to a church service, but it's also, what does, is God doing in your life while you're here? And it's taking that and allowing it to change you from the inside out and then going out of these walls and influencing someone else's life. That's what this church is all about. Amen. I'm going to have Joseph... Uh, come up here for a moment, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Joseph Lemay. I appreciate this. I appreciate this man. I appreciate Charlene. Um, seeing his faithfulness. Uh, you've been here now. How many years? Uh, let's see. Eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah,
1: this November.
0: Eleven years. You know, he was uh, when he when I first met him. He he was uh, he had just got back from London, and he was stationed there in London working with. Um, the, uh, the military in London and, um, and then he was stationed in, uh, in the Pentagon and, um, and then he just had in his heart that this is where he was supposed to be and just watching him just retire from the military and by the way, thank you for your service, Joseph. And um, Amen. And just watching his, his faithfulness and how God has, has transitioned him through the years here now. He's, he pastors, he oversees all of our evangelism outreaches. And that part of uh, what Heritage of Faith does. And I'm so grateful for him. Um, and so if you have served in the military. You had a loved one that served in the military. and Or there's a loved one serving in the military now that's not here. I want you to stand to your feet. You know Friday was Veterans Day. And I'm so grateful for the nation that we live in. I'm so grateful for the freedoms and why this nation was established. Uh, I received a book not long ago, and it was called, you know, America Stands, and it has all the original documents. Of, ...of the founding fathers of our nation. It's interesting that every one of them... ...even though they may not have been perfect... ...in everything that they did... ...or, or where they came from... ...but yet their concept was... was ...God, we want had to have a nation... ...where we can serve you. We, we want a nation that we can, we can... ...where we can worship you. And I'm so grateful for those that have laid down... ...their life for this nation so grateful for my grandfather that served in in the navy in world war ii are you grateful that you live in in, in a nation that's free Amen. amen i want joseph to just share something in his heart and go ahead and remain standing if you can and then he's going to pray over
1: prayer for you joseph oh amen thank you pastor justin thank you everyone else You know, General and President George Washington, he once said about our veterans, Shall not the brave men who have contributed so essentially to these inestimable acquisitions, retiring victorious from the field of war to the field of agriculture, participate in all the blessings which have been obtained, then he 'd later go on to say this he 'd say the willingness with which our young people are likely to serve in any war, no matter how justified, shall be directly proportional to how they received the veterans of earlier wars and how they were treated and appreciated by their nation. So for decades, America has you know paused on we you know eleven November, which was the anniversary of the armistice that concluded World War I to remember and to honor our veterans of military service. But this morning we do so with grateful recognition of the hardships and sacrifices demanded from faithfully accepted by the millions of men and women who have defended our land in war and in peace. Their willingness to give freely and unselfishly of themselves and, if necessary, their lives in defense of our democratic principles have given our great country the security that we enjoy today. Our servicemen and women have made liberty's cause their own, and for future years to come, our countless brave Americans will continue to gladly provide for the common defense. These words were from Ronald Reagan, 1987, 1988, and so these were words that he would speak us. Uh, he had actually spoken during Veterans Day, so I just thought I'd like to read those with you. By God's blessing, is there anyone more responsible for securing the blessing of liberty to ourselves and our posterity than our veterans? So that is why today and always we must let veterans know that their service is not forgotten and that their sacrifices are appreciated. And now we'll just say a prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for these brave men and women who have allowed us to serve and worship you freely in this nation. Bless them and their families, and protect them in Jesus' name. So fellow veterans, Heritage of Faith salutes you, and may the Lord God bless you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph.
2: To give a hand to our youth pastor, Alex. Uh, Good morning, Heritage. I get the opportunity to just do offering, which I'm excited. I kind of feel like I graduated to big person church. So, just going to talk. Who in here remember being a child and you eating snacks in church? Do y'all guys remember that? Like goldfish, fruit snacks. Why did we ever stop? I don't know. But we did. But I want to talk about this guy. I call it the first Lunchable in the Bible. So, just stay with me. So, Y'all guys know the story. Jesus came, and he wants to feed this multitude, right? And he sees people are hungry, and the disciples are like, hey, like Jesus, we need to feed these people. But there's one kid, right? One kid who had five loaves of bread, two small fish. I call it the first Lunchable. So he had that, which I think this kid was really smart because he knew Jesus was long-winded, and he heard, hey, Jesus goes for a while, so you might want to pack a snack. So he was the only one that packed the snack. So he went there and packed the snack, and he had the food. And Jesus was like, okay, like, I want to feed these people. And so he's like, okay, we found this guy. We found this little lad. And he's like, we have this small fish, but what is this among so many? And I just want to pause right there. Sometimes when we look at our, I'm going to be honest, I'm an adult finally. Woo. <laughs> I can finally say it. When we look at bills, I'm like, what is me tithing my money going to do against these bills? These bills are higher than what I'm tithing. I'm like, what is this? I'm so much. But the cool thing is Jesus. You know, the cool thing is Jesus took what that kid had and made it more than what anyone would think could happen. He made it more that fed everybody with leftovers. Now I know Jesus and I know God and I know the Bible. It says, "Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together." Right. So that means Jesus doesn't waste anything. So those leftovers, I know exactly where they went to. They went back to the kid because it was him that gave. He won the game. So I thought, that's cool. He, got, he went to this place with two small, like a little Lunchable, came back with a buffet. And the cool thing is, I know kids, they tell stories. So Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. When that kid went home to his mom, mom's like, hey, little Timmy, how is Jesus today? It's like, mom, you don't understand. Like, I have this big buffet now. And she's like, how did you get that? And he's like, well, all I did, I, I shared what I had, and God just blessed it. Can you see what happens when you give? God's going to give to you and people are going to see that in your lives. Like, how did you, you were $23,000 in debt. How did you end it out out of debt in a week? You can say, well, let me tell you, God, this is what God did. I gave this much and God gave me back this much. The best investment I have ever made in my whole life. So when y'all guys give today, give out of, I'm going to give back. I'm, God's gonna bless me more than I think God's gonna bless my little cotton socks off Like that's how much he's gonna bless you So when y'all guys give give expecting give back and here's the thing Jesus grabbed all that that kid had maybe right now you're like I want to give this much and you just hear God say give Give double what you're giving It's not because he's trying to test you or anything. He's saying give it more so I could bless you more So when y'all guys give today give happily give expectantly and if y'all guys these things to give right here right there, online, text to give, and um, envelope. So, did I do good? That's good. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. just want to make sure. All right. Let me, uh, let me all let streets can come forward. Let me pray over the offering. Father God, I just thank you for every single Lord. You said, Father, that whatever a man sows, that's what he shall also reap. Father God, we thank you for a hundredfold harvest. We thank you that they're sowing seed in good soil, Father. and The seed will always produce after his own kind. We are expecting the outpouring of your spirit, Father. We are not done with 2022 or 2022 yet. So Lord, we are expecting to see a supernatural, the supernatural in our finance, Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said.
0: Amen. Great job, Alex. Oh, you can take that. Y'all doing good this morning? Yes. Awesome. Just a couple announcements. Um, just, we have a great thing going on tonight. And if you're fairly new to Heritage and you've been coming for, you, you could have been coming for a couple of years, but, but at the same time you're like, you know what, I'm not really planted. You know, I come every now and then, but I'm not planted. You know, the Word tells us that those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. And so it's good to be planted somewhere. And I'd encourage you tonight at four o'clock. Um, my wife and I and our leadership team are going to get together tonight at four o'clock. We have a number of people that have already signed up, but if you're not connected here and you want, or maybe you just want to know more about Heritage, on um, where we're going, what's what's Heritage all about, and how can I be a part? I'll encourage you to be here tonight this evening at four o'clock. Um, just sign up in the lobby if you haven't already, so we know what to expect. We have a meal together. You get to, we get to share with you vision. We get to share with you purpose. Of who we are, how you can get plugged in, how you can give of your supply, your, your your talents, and and love to get to know you. And maybe it's you're just like you know what I just want to check it out, just want to check out and hear hear our hearts. Love you, love to meet you, love to connect with you. We'll make sure you see someone in the in the welcome room, you know, before you leave today, so we can have enough, Make sure we have enough food for everyone. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Now I'm gonna start something uh, this morning and I'd like to say it it'll be a series, but you know, you never know. You know, it's kind of you know, it's like, you know, we're gonna start with this and then we'll kinda of see where it goes, but you know, we'll just we'll just we'll just flow with this. And um I wanna to return to a scripture that I have been dealing with, um, but there's some things that I believe that are that are strong on my heart, um really for my own life. Um as I minister, I'm not I don't seek the Lord to minister um, okay, what, what do they need to hear? I seek, Lord, what do I need to hear? What, what do I need to hear? What do I need to receive? And, and ultimately, I, I, I seek the Lord also. Lord, you love this church family more than ever I could love this church family. So Lord, so help me, instruct me as their pastor, the one that gets to impart to them the word to be able to deposit them that can carry, on, carry them on to their future. Maybe get them through their struggle they're in. Get them through the obstacles that they're standing in front of. And, and, and maybe get through the fear that you might be facing as, you, as you're journeying through life. So if you have Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm actually going to actually start in chapter 3. And there's a, there's a phrase that I've been referring to um, in our, my time to minister to you. I mean, it's this phrase going to another level. I, I don't believe that we, sh- we should stay on the level we're at. I believe the God we serve is a God of progression. He, the b- word takes us, he takes us from glory to glory. He says, as we continue to behold and in, in the image, the Word of God, 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, as we continue to behold Him, it says that we will be transformed into that very same image. So, as I continue to behold this Word, as I continue to behold Jesus, as I continue to, to, to allow and yield to the Holy Spirit, He's going to cause my life to constantly go to another level. I, I believe that that's God's... Plan and purpose for us that we're not just to stay here where, where we might be today, but I believe I, I don't know about you, but this time next year I want to operate in greater revelation. I want to I want to be able to love more How about you want to love more. I, I want to be able to serve more wholeheartedly. I, I want to be able to give more. I want to be able to to release more. I want to be able to trust more. And that's something that we we have to grow in if we're going to become and operate in everything that God has called us to be as His children. And I want to look at this this morning and start in verse 18. Say, "Thank thank God for the Word. Verse 18 says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. Say, that's me. Why? That he might bring us to God. Amen. That's, isn't that good to know? That he suffered on my behalf and the ultimate purpose was that he might bring me to God. Ephesians 2 says that it was because of the blood of Jesus has brought me near. Goes on in verse 17 of Ephesians 2 and says that now we are citizens of heaven. Are you grateful that you're a citizen of heaven this morning? Being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit. By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. He's talking about hell here. Who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. Isn't that, isn't that interesting how, God, how merciful God is? That even Jesus, it said he went into the lower parts of the earth and he preached the gospel. Why? Because Jesus hadn't come yet. And yet he cared about those that were in hell, so to speak. And Ephesians 4 says that he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. It said he laid, he, he laid, he laid a trail of vanquished foes, meaning he brought them up out of prison. And brought them unto his father. Amen. Isn't that amazing that his mercy, that even people that, that, that didn't serve God in the way they should before that Jesus came yet, he let them in on the secret. He let them in on the gospel. He said, Hey, I'm the one that you've been waiting for all the time. Hey, do you believe in me? Then come with me. Amen. And he took away the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. And was victorious over Satan. Amen. Amen. And isn't that amazing part of the gospel? It says, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. Now, I want you to remember that waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water. There's also an anti-type which now saves us, baptism. So, he's equating what Noah did with the flood with baptism. Amen? Now, for the sake of time, there's a lot here that, that I could teach. That's one thing I'm a teacher. It's like, maybe I should say this or say that. But but i got to stay on point here. Let's look at verse chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, so everything that was written beforehand, now he's saying, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh... For the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Wow. Meaning I should no longer live after what the rest of the world is living for. But I should live after the will of God. Verse 3. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing what the Gentiles like to do. <laughs> I, spent a laugh, la- I spent enough of my life time doing what the rest of the world is doing. And it, it really didn't produce much in my life. He goes, when we walked in the lewdness, the lust, the drunkenness, the revelries, the drinking parties, the abdominal idolatries, in regard to these, this is what the world thinks. The world thinks it's strange that you don't run with them. Does the world think you're strange yet? See, there's a difference between light and darkness. Now, I'm not here to judge your lifestyle. I'm not here to judge that. Just let the Holy Spirit work in your life. But the the point is, is, is there's got to be, there's a difference here. Now, then it says this, it says verse 5. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who were dead. Who's he referring to? When Jesus preached the gospel to those that were in hell. And they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Verse 7. But the end of all things... And that's where I've stopped ministering so far. But verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. That's what I want to deal with today. He's saying the culmination and the end of all things is at hand. So be serious and watchful in your prayers. As the Lord allows, I'll get into the other parts of the Scripture because, you know, I I believe we're living in the last days. And in here, he says, in the culmination of the end is here. So therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. As I was just praying and and, and thinking about this and and how does this relate to the rest of Scripture and what is my part and what, what what needs to be deposited in our hearts today? And, and I was thinking about the end of all things is at hand. And it's interesting that in Matthew chapter um, 24, verse 37, I believe it is, it says this. It says, Jesus said this, he goes, as it was in the days of Noah, so will be in the days of the son of man meaning meaning there's going to be there's going to be a connection there's going to be something that that as it was in Noah's day so it would be in our day before Jesus returns and it's interesting that Peter, who heard Jesus say these things in, in Matthew, following Jesus, and he says, the end of all things is at hand. And yet Peter is talking and knows, the, knows everything that Jesus taught, uses Noah as an example of how we should be living in the last days. Peter's saying, hey, don't, don't live like the rest of the Gentiles, people that don't have a covenant with God. And they think it's strange that you don't party like they party. They think it's weird that you don't, you don't talk the way they talk or think the way they think. So how should you be living in these last days? Be serious and watchful in your prayers. Now, you know, when, we first, when I first hear the word prayer, I can get caught up on a practice of prayer. Meaning I can get caught up on looking at prayer as an event. It's, you know, all right, Okay, Peter says here, all right, be watchful in serious and watchful in your prayers. And, and you, you said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, thy will be done. Okay, check, done. And you walk away, but what, what just happened? Nothing. See, prayer is not just something you recite, but it's, it's something that becomes a part of you. What do I mean by that? I think, I think to really explain this in the best way, Kermit, would be, be looking at the word prayer. Because immediately we look, like I said, we look at prayer as this, the event in this exchange of words that I make and and doing it hurriedly and doing it something uh, briefly and something that, that all of a sudden, maybe because I have pressure on me because of obstacles on me or fears on me, all of a sudden I run to this place and I all of a sudden start begging and pleading and releasing all these words to heaven, but yet where what's really going on and what's really happening. Faith is what moves God, not fear. You can pray all day long and not be effective because why? You're praying in fear. So looking at just the word prayer in itself and, and um, yes, this morning I will talk about a little bit of a Greek word. Now, the word prayer in the New Testament is a word prosukamai. And in order for us to really understand it, it's actually two Greek words that are put together. And in order for us to really understand this word, you have to look at the root of this word, and it's P-R-O-S. And the word P-R-O-S, pros, it means means to come near to. It It means to Turn your direction towards. Another way to look at this word is um, looking at another scripture. For instance, Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The word against is the word pros. So really what that word means to become face to face with. So when I look at prayer it's not just the actions that I'm making it's not just words that I'm speaking but if to fully understand this aspect of prayer is is I have to I have to transition something I, there's got to be an exchange it's not just me all of a sudden Praying and releasing words, but no, I'm drawing near to something. I'm coming close to something, Pastor Phil. I'm changing my position. I'm looking at at my situation. I'm in the obstacle I'm facing and I'm separating myself from that obstacle and I'm coming near to something. And the rest of the Greek word means this. It means to worship. It means to ask. You know, prayer life should not be something that we put on a time schedule. I believe what Peter is saying here, he was saying, be serious and watchful in prayer. I don't believe he was saying, okay, just be serious about all the words you're saying. I believe he was talking about, Intimacy. I believe he was talking about getting in his presence. I mean, if we even even connect this with Noah for a moment, if you look at Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, it says, this is the history of Noah. Amplified says, this is the history, and he had this testimony that he walked with God. Prayer is about not just reciting words, but prayer is about walking with Him. If you look at anyone that was successful throughout the Word of God, it was they had this testimony that they walked with God. If you look at Moses, it said that in in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 27, it says that he, not fearing the wrath of the king... Of Egypt, It said, but he saw him who was invisible. Meaning when when he had all these things coming against him, when all this pressure was on him, when all the things that were coming from the outside, he said, he goes, I'm not fearing the wrath of the king. Why? Because I can see him who is invisible. You can't see someone you're not close to. You can't see someone you're not walking with. In order to go to another level in our life, we have to come back to this. The basics of prayer is realizing this is me getting to a place where I'm walking with God in spite of what is happening in the rest of the world. It doesn't matter what's happening in the economy. It doesn't matter what's happening in politics. It doesn't matter what's happening in the entertainment industry. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around me. The thing is, am I choosing to walk with God? I mean, we even just think about Moses just for a little bit longer and, and think about a, a, a psalm that we, we pray a lot. A psalm that, that we pray protection about. Where did Psalms 91 come from? It wasn't written by David. It was written by Moses. And what is it, how does it start? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide... Under the shadow of the Almighty. Man, man, think about that for a moment. It's a scripture that we can we can see written on encouraging cards, and we can we can see, but to fully understand that he Moses is saying, He who dwells. I mean, you look at it this way, he who sits down. He who dwells, he who sits down, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide. He who sits down He who sits down in the shadow of the Almighty. He shall abide. The word abide there is to remain somewhere. It means stay positioned somewhere. Man. You know this is this is you know where we need to be in the in the end end of days. You can be we can be over, so overcome by the pressure that's happening in our world. I mean, even thinking about going back to Noah for a moment. Can you imagine up to this time it had never rained? <laughs> Think about that. Hey, build this boat because it's going to rain. What's rain? <laughs> You're like, well, why didn't it rain? W- because there was a firmament. Well, how did the thing think is water? Well, Genesis tells us it w- was watered from the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden, this r- this rain is going to come. But can you imagine Noah? Have you seen Evan Almighty? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not Steve Carell, just in case you were wanting to know. <laughs> I've had so many young people come in and they're like, Has anyone told you you look like Steve Carell? <laughs> like every week. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be at the store and, and Bren will be saying there, sure enough, at least once a week. You look like Steve Carell. Like, yeah, I get that often. Can you think about, can you think about, but, but can you think about the fact that it had never rained and here he is building a boat that even that it's square. It's a box. It doesn't even look like a boat. That's even more supernatural because if you try to build what he built back then, there's no way that it would work. Naturally. I'm not saying that I'm... I'm right in that but I'm just saying that but if it's square you look at the dimensions and how it is like how does this just box float
1: mm-hmm.
0: but here he is he's building something and yet the, but yet these people around him are making fun of him you know because just like First Peter the world thinks you're strange they thought Noah was strange but yet he walked with God he walked with God. I remember, man, it had to have been 2000, 2002. I was, uh, I was in, in a situation and I remember I had my all my hopes set on a particular thing. I had, I had, you see, I had, (laughs) I had made up in my mind what was supposed to happen in my life. I had made up in my mind these things and I had, I had said, okay, all right, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. Why? Because I want this to happen. And I was creating this scenario and really saying, God, you need to do my plan for my life. Instead of me saying, God, is what is your plan for my life? And I remember um, I, was, I was pulling up to uh, this particular building and I sat in the car. And there was just something on the inside of me. I know it was the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, there was the, almost like this war that was going on in the inside of me. Because, because now, because things weren't working out the way that I thought, there was this intense pressure on my life things that I had gotten news of something and it was like there was this mountain of obstacles standing in front of me. It was a mountain of impossibility. And then then there was this other thing that happened and I'm like, wait a minute, they didn't follow through with what they said they were going to do. And it was like, you know, how dare they not, how, how dare they, this? because now they put me in this situation and I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? And just my world was like falling apart. Things that I had had been you know, had been trusting in, things that I had to put my hopes in and and things that I was shaping my life to the way it should be. And then there was one more thing that I just knew. I sat outside that building and I and and I sat there and the and the Holy Spirit said, Don't get out yet. And I was like, What? I was like kind of what else can go wrong? (laughs) And 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 he said these words to me. And you can find them in Psalms 46. It says, Be still and know that I'm God. Yes. Be still and know that I'm God. I had all that pressure on me. And now, now the Lord says, "Be Okay, what else is going to happen? Sure enough, I walk in. And it was really (laughs) the third thing that I was trusting in in my life. And I sat there, but because he spoke his word to me, I was able to gather my emotions. I was able to, I had a word. I, I had a word to hold on to. and that word carried me at that moment before i had gotten out of that car what made what made the difference was i had to make a decision to choose his presence over pressure when i left that moment I had to choose communion over chaos. When I laid my head down that night, I had to choose worship over worry. It's a decision we have to make. I mean, are you experiencing pressure right now? Just raise your hand. Maybe things look chaotic. Maybe things look like in a position you should be worrying. My encouragement to us this morning is the encouragement that Peter gave us. The end of all things is here. Be serious and watchful in prayer. So if I really understand prayer and the root of prayer and the purpose of prayer they understand in the last days, I have to choose presence over pressure. I have to choose communion over chaos. And I have to choose worship over worry. Go to Psalm 16. It's what I've been praying over probably enough for a couple weeks, but... Only one would. Psalm 16. Hmm. Say, I choose choose presence over pressure. I choose communion over chaos. chaos. And I choose worship over worry. worry. This will take you to another level. Because the enemy wants to keep you in chaos. The enemy wants to keep you in pressure. The enemy wants to keep you in worry. In Psalm 16, and the very beginning of this chapter, and sometimes there's things written, I would read for years, and then all of a sudden I kind of bypass things I don't understand, because they're kind of like, well, it's kind of just like a, A title of something or it's just a description of something and doesn't really have to do with the rest of the chapter. But then the Holy Spirit will say, Justin, and he will illuminate something. And I was like, I want you to look at this. And in this chapter in Psalm 16, at the very top of it in my Bible, it says, The hope of the faithful in the Messiah's victory. But then there's a weird phrase that says, A mitchtem of David. What in the world is that? I never even asked that question until the other day. Until the Lord said, look at this. I'm like, what is this? Mitched him of David. Isn't that kind of odd? Inquiring minds want to know. what this is. There's a couple of words and I was looking at some writings from, from ancient rabbis. And, and one of the things that this word means is gold. A crown of gold there's six different instances six different psalms that actually will have this title out of all 150 psalms there's only six of them that have this title and they called it they called it david's crown that these were something that were gold to him. This is something that was valuable to him. Another phrase that a rabbi wrote was, "It meant the word meant engraving of gold, and it was something engraved, and and this was something that was that was so important to David. Why? Because it wasn't just a word for him, but he knew it was prophetic about the Messiah, and this was something that 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 he was referred to on a, on a constant basis when he was. Facing pressure and when he was facing struggle in his life. Verse 1 says, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. He goes, "Oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my God. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings and blood I will not offer nor take up their names on my lips. O oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance in my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. What is David saying? David is saying, when I'm going through all these different things, I know I have a portion. You're my portion. When I'm facing difficult things, I know that you're, I have a good inheritance. Then he says, verse seven says, "I will bless the Lord, has get, who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. See, so you, you need to have a voice in the night season. You have to come to a place where you can hear His voice in the night season. What does the night season represent? The night season represents when w- w- represents pressure when uh, when things aren't going the way that you think they should. So David is saying, I will bless the Lord." Who has given me counsel? My heart instructs me in the night seasons. What's that mean? What God has spoken to me, the instructions He's given me is what I use to win in the night seasons. Yes. The word that He's given me, the things that He's instructed me to listen to this, while I was in His presence. The things that He's given me while I've been in, in prayer and I've been face to face with Him. It's the things that He's instructed me in those moments that I use in the night season. Some of you have been facing a lot of night seasons, but I want to encourage you. Get into his presence and have something to use in your night season. Have something to use when the enemy is coming at your mind. Have something to use when, when all hell has come against you. Get a word for your night season. But where that word is going to come from is when you're in his presence. He goes, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. And my flesh also will rest in hope. My flesh is going to rest in hope. He's not. This is not just a spiritual thing because because he's saying, hey, he, you know, it, it's like because you are we are a spirit being. But yet you have to deal with your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. As Jesus talks about in in the Gospels, He says that hope is an anchor to your soul. Hebrews talks about, I'm sorry, Hebrews says that hope is an anchor to your soul. That when you've received something in His presence, let what you've received from Him be the very thing that anchors your soul. you father verse 10 for you will not leave my soul in hell now this is now this is when it switches over to a messianic prophecy think of Jesus he said you will not allow he goes you will not leave my soul in in sheol in hell Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. Verse 10 again, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness, fullness of joy. The word fullness here is to be satiated with. It means that You have so much more, so much more even beyond what you can actually manage yourself. What did Jesus hold on to in the darkest day of his life? I mean, when he was on the cross... What did he say? He says, Father, why have you forsaken me? See, up to that time, from the time that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus knew God, his Father's presence. He knew his Father's presence. And so when he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? What was he saying? I don't sense your presence. I don't sense your presence, but when he went to the lower part of the earth, I believe he held on to this. You will not leave. He will not leave me here. He will not leave me here. Psalms 139. I love this. He goes, he goes, where can I go from your presence? Now, I love this. He goes, where can I go from your spirit? He goes, if I, if, I, if I go to the deep, you're there. If I go to the highest parts, you're there. Behold, if I make my bed in hell, even there, he goes, I find you there. How did Jesus raise from the dead? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it said he was raised by the glory of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. How was Jesus raised? The same spirit, the same presence that raised Jesus from the dead quickened his mortal body. So what happened? When Jesus was in the midst of pressure, when he was in the midst of chaos and he was in the midst of torment, what was he waiting for? He was waiting for the presence. Because he knew it was the presence that was going to bring him back to a place of fullness of joy. And, what, and at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let me ask you a question. Who is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now? Jesus. Hallelujah. Presence over pressure. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Well, Danny and Joseph... Come up. Presence over pressure. I'm reminded of a psalm. It's in Psalms 27. David says, The Lord is a light of my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? And he says this, he goes, Though a host encamps about me. What is a host? A host is at least 10,000. Though an army of 10,000 surround about me. In this, I'll be confident. You know, there's a number of you raised your hand when I said, are you in pressure in chaos and worry? Just lift your hand. It's okay to be honest. What are you confident in? What are you confident in? He goes, when an army is around me, when pressure is all around me, this is what I'm confident in. I think it says, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. Now, listen, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So, what was David's answer to pressure? Presence. Now, get this. He says, this one thing I have desired, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house, Lord, all the days of my life. Now listen, and behold the beauty of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to this, spoke this to me a number of years ago. He goes, Justin, David went in for one thing, but in that one thing he was able to see many things. His one thing was, I want one thing to be in His presence and to behold the beauty. Behold the beauty. Behold the beauty. Yeah, I went in for the one thing, but when I was there, behold the beauty. I was able to see so many more things. I was able to see His Word like I haven't before. I've been able to be in His presence like I haven't been able to before. I've been able to see His nature, His character, His promise, His plan, His pathway, His journey for me. Psalm 63 he he says, uh, verse one, I think he none of it's verse one, he goes he goes, "I'm in a dry and weary land where no water is. He goes, "So I've come into the sanctuary because that's where I see your power and your glory. He pursued presence over pressure. Just bow your heads. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that your presence would be greater than any pressure they're facing right now that throughout this week even the days the weeks the months ahead that they will learn what it means to be still and know that you're God know that you're their healer know that you're the provider know that you are wisdom know that they that you are a rock of refuge they can run into i thank you lord that they will leave here today in your presence your peace your fullness of joy will rest upon them. Not just throughout today, but throughout the rest of this coming week. They will choose presence over pressure. Hallelujah. Let's give them a shout of praise if you receive that today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: receive this word today. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.